We live in a world where it's offensive to preach the gospel of Jesus and to talk about his name. And I'm here to talk about it. Welcome to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Taylor, as always. Um, hey, how you guys doing? Um, it's been a while. Uh, I really apologize for missing last week's episode. I was actually um, up in Montana and Wyoming, and uh, just we took I took about a ten day uh, road trip with some friends of mine, and just got to be in God's nature and God's creation, and it was. It was insane, so beautiful, and so amazing. And I had actually planned on uh, recording a podcast out there. I brought some gear to record, but it just kind of never fell through. And um, we were just really busy, and I just felt like, okay, just take a week off. It's okay. Um, But I really apologize because I think that kind of made me complacent a little bit because now it's Friday morning, and I still don't have a podcast out for you guys. So here I am recording this one, and uh, yeah, again, I just want to say thank you for all the support, and um, all it's all glory to God once again. Um, but I've just heard so many great stories from this podcast already, and wow, I'm just I'm blown away by how God is using it, and I'm I'm so happy that you're being touched. And if you guys haven't, I know I've I plugged this last episode, but um, kind of just for the sake, so I don't have to always be updating things on my own Instagram for those of you who know me. Um, check out the Jesus is Offensive Instagram. I'll just be posting the updates of like what's going on and when an episode is out and also some other things I have in the works going on under that name. So uh, yeah, check that out. And uh, without further ado, I say we just pray and then uh, we're going to get into what we're talking about today. Uh, this is going to be a very special episode and uh, very personal. So Dear Lord God, thank you so, so much for just leading everyone here who have you, you've led, God, that whoever's listening right now, I just thank you. Thank you so much for them being here, Lord. I pray that you would begin to work on their hearts. I pray that you would use me and use my experience and uh, the testimony that you've given me um, to touch people's hearts and to, to help people um, where they have need, Lord God. Um, I just devote this podcast to you once again, and I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Um, yeah, so today uh, we're going to be talking about my personal testimony. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever shared my full testimony in front of people or anything like that. Uh, I've shared bits and pieces, obviously, and uh, there's no shame or anything, but I just I just never have given a full testimony. So I think um, I'm excited, but a little nervous. Well, I guess not nervous, but just uh, more overwhelmed with all the things that I have, the points that I have to touch on. Um, I don't have a Bible in front of me. I have not prepared anything. Uh, this has been something that was on my heart, and I wanted to do it when I was out on vacation. Um, but it, yeah, it's really just to share my personal testimony and uh, how I have come to where I am now. And I think it can help a lot of people because, you know, the Bible talks about. Um, we have our testimony, right, to share with people. And even before the Bible was like a, whoa, sorry. Uh, even before the Bible was like a full thing, um, the disciples, they just had their testimony, their testimony of Jesus, their testimony of how God had changed their lives, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I still think a testimony is extremely important and it can really help connect 
someone and uh, humanize the gospel. So I encourage anyone listening right now too that share your to- testimony. I used to be that guy who thought, oh, my testimony is not that cool. You know, I wasn't suicidal or I wasn't, I don't have this big story of how God met me or something like that. Um, but I realized that, and I know this is the cliche thing to say, but it really is true that everyone's testimony is important and everyone's testimony is important because um, someone else has shared that experience, a similar experience. And if you can just impact one person, then you've, you've done um, the work of God, right? And that your, and your testimony is useful then, even if it's just for one person. Um, so after realizing that and realizing that the struggles that I had, that I have been able to overcome through Christ, a lot of other people have them. So I shouldn't act like, oh, my testimony is nothing. Maybe people need to hear about someone who thought their testimony was nothing, you know? So without further ado, I'll just get started. So, um, I grew up in a Christian household. I feel like this is how every testimony starts, but um, great Christian household, but um, we were still missing some things. But I grew up, let's say the traditional household, right? We went to church on Sunday. We never missed a Sunday unless we were out of town. We didn't just miss because we wanted to. That was that was not an option. Um, not that church saved you, but it was a strict thing. And, and I think it did teach me a lot to be, um, uh, what's the word? intentional, I guess, with, with God. And it was a good first start to giving my life. But, um, when I was young though, you know, we believed in Jesus. And, and, uh, I remember when I was like three, I think my mom asked me, do you want to, you know, accept Jesus into your heart? Quote unquote, you know, I obviously know now that that's not a thing. Um, but I did, I do realize that at that moment, I think I dedicated my life to him. And I, I said, I want to be a part of your kingdom. Did I have the full picture? No. Um, but I remember asking, God to come in and I don't know if that's when the Holy Spirit came in. I I doubt that. Uh, um because now I know it's not just the sinner's prayer that you get the Holy Spirit and um if you're just listening to this episode, I I ask that if you hear some of the things I'm going to say, I'm going to reference other episodes and the information that I've I've um included on those and how they're all rooted in the Bible. So I know for you who who have listened to those episodes, what I'm saying makes sense. Um, and who are of the same mind, this makes sense. But if you're not, please listen to those episodes and see what I'm saying about the Holy Spirit and, and baptism and all these things that I'm going to touch on. But anyways, when I was three, I said a little prayer. I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, Jesus come into my heart or whatever. Um, and I believed in Jesus and I will say, and none of this is out of pride, but I, I feel as a kid, I, I always had a strong attachment to Jesus. I think, um, the way I'm wired is I'm, I'm very lawful. So, um, a lot of people called me a goody goody when I was growing up because I was very strict on myself to like stick to the doing the right thing and listening to my parents and all these things. Did I fall short? Of course I did. And I also didn't have the key of the Holy Spirit and and knowing that you could be free from your sin and, and through baptism and all these things. Um, but I would say that I, you know, I, I wasn't this terrible kid. Um, but anyways, fast forwarding. Um, I think I was about 14. Uh, I, I told my mom I really wanted to get baptized. And I can't remember back then. I think actually I might have been younger than 14, but whatever the case. I can't really remember what happened, but I just remember really wanting to be baptized. My church telling me, oh, no, you have to wait six months. You know, like that's the normal thing, which, again, go to my baptism episode. You should be able to baptize the same night because we see that baptism is so important. It says be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. But... I think because my heart was leaning towards God 
And at a young age, I already had this impression on my heart that baptism was important. I think that the Holy Spirit led me to. So I was baptized, and although I didn't have an experience like we see now when we baptize people because um, we do it with the right understanding, um, I did um, feel that it was very important that I be baptized and that I took it very seriously and that I knew that this was going to be a change in my life. At that time, I did think it was a symbol. Let's be clear here. I thought, oh, this is just a symbol. I didn't realize that it was actually a part of my journey of following Christ. Now I understand that. And in fact, not to get too deep into this, but for a while I struggled with, do I need to get rebaptized? Because maybe I didn't have the right understanding. And don't take my example for everyone, because I've met a lot of people who have been rebaptized because God told them to. But God gave my sister a prophetic, a few prophetic visions that basically told me, no, you do not need to get rebaptized. So since then, I've had peace about it, and I've I, I see that as my one true baptism because I think I, ba- I was baptized as a baby too, and obviously you can't repent as a baby, so that baptism doesn't count. That's just literally a bath. Right. So when people say, oh, but it's one baptism, you're 100 percent correct. But if I get baptized with the wrong understanding or it's done the wrong way, it's basically a bath. I mean, I can say anything in the bathtub that doesn't make it a baptism. So that's just a key thing to point out. So just because you're rebaptized, quote unquote, that is your one baptism. Okay, so I just want to make that clear. Um, I'm getting the timetables messed up a little bit, but let's fast forward a, a, a backtrack just a hair before my baptism. Um, my mom, she's always been in our family until the last two years on the forefront. She was the spiritual leader in the house. Um, now we see that my dad is the spiritual leader, which is the biblical way. Now I'm not saying it's not good for women to be strong in the Bible, or I mean in, uh, the spirit, but we see in the, it's biblical that the man, the male is supposed to be the leader of the household. Um, right. And now my mom and dad are a perfect team, but my mom was always trying to drag my dad and it, it doesn't, it didn't work that way. Um, not that my dad didn't believe in God, but, um, my mom just knew more and, and wanted more. Um, that being said, um, my mom, long story short, went to this woman and, uh, she got prayed to receive the gift of tongues. Now, at that point, my mom thought, oh, I have the Holy Spirit because we were taught that you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe. Remember, if you watch my Holy Spirit episode, that's what what the, the church teaches. You uh, receive the Holy Spirit when you believe. But we see in Acts, if you just to remind you guys that it said, Paul asked "Did you to a few people, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That tells us two things. You can either receive it when you believe or you can't, right? So keep that in mind. The The Holy Spirit was brought on by the laying on of the disciples' hands in the book of Acts most of the time. And and I had never experienced that in my life. I, I just went to church and they said, you know, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Anyways, um, so I think my mom didn't realize that that day she may have actually received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just tongues that she actually received the Holy Spirit that day and the overflowing of it came through tongues, right? Because after that day, her life changed completely, and that's a sign of the Holy Spirit. But who knows? Anyways, though, she came home, and and I think in my family, I was always kind of the, I was leaning more on my mom's side. I was very trusting. I was, uh, um, I was very anxious for more of Jesus. I didn't know what that looked like. I knew that I was constantly failing, but I was very, very open to the supernatural and all these things. When my dad and Emma, uh, not to call them out or anything, but they were just a bit more closed off at that time. Um, so my mom came home and I remember, I I think I was either home alone or something like that. 
And she told me this long story and she's like, do you want to receive tongues? And I was so young. I, I honestly, I can't even remember this, you guys, but I was like, yeah, sure. So, so my mom prayed for me and I just started speaking in tongues and it was insane. I don't even remember the day, but I know from that day on, I've been able to speak in tongues. And again, I see that as myself, as I think I received the Holy Spirit that day, because from that day, my life also changed a lot. And, and I only have two times in my mind where I could see, okay, they received the Holy Spirit then, or when I asked Jesus to come into my heart at like age three. And I would more lean on that the the time I received the gift of tongues. But again, it's not super important because I think why my testimony is interesting and important for some of you to hear is because um, look at all the trouble I had to go because I got mixed up in all the wrong doctrines in the church. Right? I don't know when I got the Holy Spirit. I don't know when my baptism was correct. Blah, 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 blah. Luckily, I've been reassured by Christ. But this has been eight, nine, 10 years in the making, you know, and, and think about now the way we do our ministry is you repent and you get baptized and you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's all in a few days, right? And you don't have to be confused. Do I have this? Do I have this? Did I do this right? Because we see the way that we do it is biblical. And so I got lost obviously in all the non-biblical thought patterns, right? I just received the Holy Spirit. Okay. My church tells me, or no, I just received the gift of tongues, which might be the Holy Spirit as well. My church tells me, you know, you received the Holy Spirit when you believed. And they also tell me, oh no, tongues is not for today. But I'm like, well, I'm speaking in tongues. It's like, it was just so almost demonic. And I think that's what the devil wants. He wants people to be so confused in the church system that they just get exhausted by trying to figure out, am I right or wrong? And they just trust the pastor and they, the pastor tells them, you're okay. And they're like, okay, I can breathe. And they never think about it again. Luckily, I had my mom who was searching and, and knew that something was wrong. And uh, her sister as well uh, was searching and, and helping my mom and helping us and all this stuff. So sorry, hopefully you're not lost yet. But anyways, I received the Holy Spirit that day and I began praying in tongues and this started the long journey of a tough road already because we know when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive what? Boldness, power. Um, and you also receive conviction of sin. Now, you can be convicted of sin without the Holy Spirit, obviously. That's how any be uh, believer comes to repentance and baptism and, and then filling because the Holy Spirit puts it on their heart. But now it was the law was written inside my heart and i knew every time i i i sinned i could feel that inside and it was very interesting because all of a sudden and i didn't realize this till years later so this is like hindsight i guess but all of a sudden it was like i had these strong convictions about things in life but everyone else i knew that was calling themselves a christian and this isn't any condemnation on them again just getting stuck in the idea of them thinking oh i have the holy spirit they didn't have those same convictions and it was like wait a minute what what is going on like why do i feel so bad when i do this but this person doesn't and they're a christian too but it's because i had the holy spirit now the whole tongues thing was something that i struggled with for a long time i think i talked about this in my holy spirit episode but i think it was about for about eight years that i doubted it um, I think I would pray in tongues maybe once a year when it would just pop in my head. Oh yeah, I can pray in tongues. And I would try. Then I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that more. But then I didn't. And I would like, is this real? This is, this is me making this up. Oh my gosh. I, it was so overwhelming. And, uh, with my mom, she couldn't really talk about it with my dad. So all of a sudden it just became this thing where no one really talked about it in our house. And like me and my mom knew we both spoke in tongues, but we just weren't united. And 
that's a key to my testimony as well with my family is unity. We weren't unified and therefore we weren't, um, uh, what's the word? We weren't um, hitting all cylinders, right? On If we're an engine. Um, so anyways, again, sorry if you're lost, but for about eight years, I really struggled with that and really didn't trust didn't know if it was real or not. I'm like, I, I know I speak in tongues, but also do I speak in tongues? It was so confusing. So anyways, I get into high school and this is where obviously a lot of kids stray from the Lord and we sin and all these things. And not that I strayed from the Lord necessarily. I mean, I, I wasn't rebelling to him obviously cause I was sinning. Um, but I did still consider me to, you know, be a believer. Um, but I started falling into a lot of things. Uh, but anyways, um, I think for one, let's see. Yeah. My, my buddy, um, he invited me to a youth group and, uh, it wasn't at my church. It was at another church. And I started going to that youth group and it was, it was pretty good. And, uh, I just remember one night at worship, um, I told God that I wanted my relationship with him to be my own, right? That's like the classic thing we do in high school now. I don't see that whole idea in the Bible of like, today you make your relationship your own. I don't think there was anything overly spiritual about that. I think it was more of me making a commitment to myself and to God and just saying, hey, just because my parents are Christians, I even if my parents left or I moved away, I am still going to follow you and I'm still going to dedicate my life to you. And I think that was big for me because I wasn't, I was saying that I wasn't going to lean on them anymore. Um, and that I was going to be my own, my own person, my own follower of Christ. So with that being said, uh, high school started and it was challenging. Um, I ended up falling into a lot of things. I, sorry, let me grab a little water real quick. Like I said, this episode is going to be very personal. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to let it all out and just tell you what was going on. I think when I was like 14, right in high, at the beginning of high school, like pornography started becoming a thing. And uh, luckily, I know a lot of people that it started a lot earlier. And uh, I had a little run in with it and I was able to like push it away and stop for a while. But it ended up coming back and I'll, I'll get to that. But um, high school was for me, I think the two things that categorized it were disobedience to my parents and a lot of cursing. Uh, there were a few things that I did. Um, for instance, uh, this sounds kind of stupid, but to me it was very important because it says to obey your parents. And they had told me, obviously, don't date anyone. And I started dating someone under their permission and uh, that obviously led to other things. Um, and I was also speeding around town. I just got my driver's license in high school and and uh, breaking the, the law and all this stuff. And again, I'm sure some of you are laughing. It's like, oh, this guy's a goody goody. But nowhere in the Bible does it say don't obey the law, right? Or, or it's okay to speed, but obey the rest of the law. No, it... it obey the law. And I was very convicted about that because I love driving fast. I love racing and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, I knew that I was being reckless and, and stupid. And, but yeah, I just, I started to get in this pattern of, you know, my parents aren't around so I can kind of do whatever I want. And the cursing was a big thing too. I really struggled with that. I was a sailor all of a sudden. And, and I was just cursing and all my friends were cursing and I started listening to bad music, like rap music and all this stuff that had terrible messages and all these things. And it was just a spiral, right? Um, 
and it was really bad. And, um, but I think it was tough because I went to a Christian school and not to condemn any of my friends, but we were all doing it and we all called ourselves Christians. I was the, I was the, um, the chapel coordinator, (laughs) but I was doing all these things on the side and it was like, I was living two lives, you know, I was lying to my parents, uh, no, I'm not dating anyone. No, no, this, no, that, no, I'm not cussing, blah, blah, blah. And I was doing all those things and I felt extremely guilty, um, now, on the bright side, being a chapel coordinator at school and going to a Christian school really helped me, but I think it also helped me with pride, and that was not good. It, it made me think I knew all the things about the Bible, that I was just this smart Bible guy. And everyone looked at me like, Taylor's the chapel coordinator. He knows everything. And I think that was not healthy because there's a lot of people in the church who know all the right answers, but they don't have a relationship with Christ. And that's something that I'm still learning to step back from the knowledge and step forward with just the relationship, with just, you know, helpless abandonment to Christ and just being open to Him. Because just knowing the answers doesn't doesn't mean you know who God is and doesn't mean you experience God. And I saw that a lot in Christian school with a lot of people and with myself included. But being the chapel coordinator also had its, its, uh, its highs, I guess you could say. Uh, I got the chance to preach a lot at school and that was really awesome and I learned a lot from that and I think being the chapel coordinator did push me to be more mature and in my faith and to guard myself and you know I wasn't this terrible kid but still I was in disobedience to God and I think if you're listening and you're like me you I think you need to hear right now that just because you don't have sex with your girlfriend and you're not getting drunk and like whatever that doesn't mean that you're still you're not sinning i wasn't doing any of those things i'm still a virgin i wasn't getting drunk i've never been drunk in my life i wasn't underage drinking those are the big things as christians we say you know as long as we don't do those things we're good to go that is so false i was doing a sin is a sin just because it's speeding and you think that's funny it's just as bad and i was doing all those things so i'm sorry this might be a hard message but stop telling yourself that you're okay just because you don't you don't do you know, you don't have sex before marriage and you're not doing drugs and you're not getting drunk. I didn't do any of those things, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't, I wasn't in my sin. That's so false. And and I hope that you're not living in that idea because I know people who are, and it's very sad to see. So with that being said, uh, yeah, being chapel coordinator was, was a great experience and it taught me a lot. And I really found a, a big knack and love for preaching. So yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole, uh, let's see what happened. So yeah, all this stuff kind of continued, um, cursing and all these things and, and just, uh, yeah, all that stuff, you know, all the stuff we do in high school. And, uh, then I ended up going to college and college was a huge step for me. In fact, a lot, not a lot of people know this, but I actually cried like four times and I'm not a big crier at all. Like bawling, saying, begging my parents to not to not make me go to college because I was very scared of people and, and just having to go to a new place and all this stuff. And it was scary, honestly. And I'm sure a lot of you have felt that like going to college is scary and it's okay to feel that way. Cause you're leaving everything, you know, and I'm, I won't lie to you. I'm a, I'm a family guy. I'm at home all the time. I'm, I live at home right now and I don't have any shame about that. And it was hard for me to leave my family, even if it was only 45 minutes away. Um, so that being said, let's see what happens. So my, um, uh, 
this is kind of when things started to change. So I ended up applying to this place called Vanguard University. And I'm sure some of you know me that are listening that also went there. And uh, although it has its ups and downs and although the doctrine there isn't exactly what I believe, um, it was a great spot for me. And it, to be honest, the biggest thing is it taught me how to be an adult and to take my life seriously and to take my um, to take my relationship with God seriously. Um, so let's see, I graduated in 2016 and I moved into Vanguard and, um, I remember the day I met my roommate, Nick, if you're listening, this is the second time I've shouted you out, LOL. Um, but man, God bless me. I was praying, God, just give me a good roommate. Give me a good roommate. Please give me someone that's a brother, you know, and he blessed me with one of my best friends I've ever had in my whole life. And that's Nick. Um, so shout out to Nick. And if you know him, you know, that's true. And, uh, this began an amazing time because I, I had a friend that really wanted to take Jesus seriously and really wanted to grow together. And I could, I started learning that I could tell him anything and talk with him and, and, uh, that he, um, he was open to hearing what I had to say and that we were growing so much together. Um, but I definitely was still struggling with a lot of things. I was still struggling with the cursing and, and the speeding and, and, uh, um, I was allowed to date now, but I, I did find myself later in life that I was always just jumping from one girl to the next, one girl to the next, one girl to the next. And it was super unhealthy for me and obviously very unhealthy for the girl because I didn't treat them super well. Um, um, yeah, I won't go super into that, but I was just flaky. Like I, it was, it was all about the chase. Um, and that was not good either. And I think that was me trying to fill this spot of just thinking, Oh, I just need a person. Right. And, and I'll feel fulfilled and like good to go. Cause obviously all of our desires are to get married, especially as Christians. But I realized that I wasn't filling that hole with Jesus. Anyways, important part right here. So November of 2016, a few months after I moved into college, um, a lot of people at college really didn't know me still because I was going home every weekend because I was... It took me a while to get um, into the college swing of things and uh, a lot of people made fun of me, but I'm actually glad I did because my family is my rock and and we're unified now and we do, we do our ministry together. So I think people are realizing who made fun of me or, you know, and I'm not mad about it. It was... I, I made fun of myself as well, but how important it was to go home because um, we've built something so strong. Uh, but anyways, in November, I've talked about this before, but I went to this thing called the Last Reformation in Canada. And again, whatever your thoughts are on this thing, um, do your own research. And um, but they basically teach repentance, baptism, filling with the Holy Spirit, and the the gifts and casting out demons and all that stuff that I I see to be scriptural. So um, my mom had actually showed me them, and it was extremely eye-opening. I mean, I'm watching videos of people getting demons cast out and today that's like nothing to me, but I remember two years ago or three years ago being like, what in the heck? Like I've never seen that in my life. I guess this was now four years ago, but anyways, I was really interested because I've always, like I said, been the one to be like, I want more. And so I was like, this must be more and I want more and I want to take my life with Jesus seriously. I want to break away from my parents. So I was like, I want to go. I want to go to this Kickstart. Now, Kickstart is a weekend that they do in different countries and different places um, where they basically just teach you how to go out, share the gospel, heal the sick, baptize people in the name of Jesus and cast out demons and fill people with the Holy Spirit. All for the glory of God, obviously, not just healing like 
for healing sake as Todd White does in, in some instances. Um, so it was awesome. I, I went out to Canada in November. It was my first time ever flying alone and I was going out of the country. So that was sick. And I actually met my aunt out there who was from Indiana and she drove out and that was really helpful because she had a car and she was a good person to just hang out with and talk with. And she was like-minded. And to be honest, that weekend I learned a lot, but I, I, I was very, um, what's the word? Like I held myself back a lot. I was there really just viewing and I prayed for a few people and I saw some healings and, and I saw a guy's leg grow out and saw millions of people baptized and demons cast out. And I met this great guy named John and, and, uh, few years later, he ended up being in my house, um, teaching my family the same things. And, and, uh, he really inspired me to be a disciple and to give up everything and to go out for people and to heal the sick and to cast out demons and all these, all this, all this stuff that was so foreign to me. And I remember being so, I guess on fire that I, I called my parents one night and I was like, we got to sell everything. Like, this is the life. This is what we're supposed to do. Blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, I even posted on Instagram. I remember, um, like this whole post about like, this is the truth. I just went out. Like I learned that blah, 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 blah. I forget what I even said, but I was like, we need to live this life. And it was like just an overwhelming amount of boldness. And I think because I had the Holy spirit already, the Holy spirit was just waiting to like bubble up in me and to let go. Cause I feel like, although I had it, I had been suppressing the Holy spirit for so long. And again, this is a unique to most people because they either have the Holy spirit and their life changed or they didn't have the Holy spirit and their life didn't change. But I had the Holy spirit and my soul was like wanted more and wanted to stop sinning. And when I was doing all those things in high school, man, I felt it so strongly. Every time I'd sinned, I knew inside, oh no, I can't do that. When the people around me didn't feel that way at all. So I knew that was a sign of the Holy Spirit. But man, when I went to this thing, it was like the Holy Spirit was finally like, yes, this is my time. I'm ready to to come alive in Taylor. And, and I think it made me come alive. And I'm actually just looking at this post, it says like, please read. And I had the privilege of going to Canada and, and check out this YouTube video. And, <laughs> and, uh, wow, I really want to read that later, but man, it was in, it was insane. It really just blew my mind. And yeah. So anyways, I went home and, and I went back to college and my roommate, Nick picked me up and, uh, from the airport and I shared everything with him and shared everything with a few people. And, and, uh, that week I remember I stayed in my room and I was just watching these videos, these training videos that the last reformation had. And I was trying to learn and, and, and I wanted this life. And, but what happens when you come back from a mountaintop experience and no one else wants it, your fire slowly dims, 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 dims. I'm not calling out anyone at all. It was just that no one around me understood. No one had that, had that experience and I was alone and I felt all of a sudden I just started going back. I started cursing again. I started doing the old things I was doing, speeding and listening to my bad music and, you know, dating everybody. <laughs> um, and it was just, yeah, it was a bummer, but the good news about that experience is that really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Now, all of a sudden when I was going to chapel, I was hearing things and I'm like, oh, I disagree with that. No, I don't see that in the Bible. All of a sudden my, my, my ears were perked, I guess is the word. And I knew something was coming. Right. And, and I always describe it to people as this, it was the worst two years of my life after this, but it was knowing that for, for a long time, I'd always thought I'm doing as much as God wants me to do it. And that always feels good. Like, yes, you know, I'm exactly where God wants me to be. But now he'd opened my eyes that God wanted me to be over here, like 10 feet in front of me. 
but I was basically saying, no, I don't, I don't want to. And I was praying and saying, God, I want this. I want this. But in my heart, I didn't. I was lying to myself. And man, that was super hard to swallow because I knew that I was actively disobeying God. And it was like really tough. And I struggled a lot that year. I filled my life with dating people and, and trying to find love in all the wrong places. And and just doing the college thing, you know, cursing, making fun of people and being mean and, and, and listening to terrible music and um, not being a good example of Christ. You know, we were, we were all Christians on this Christian school, but, you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm going around cursing and calling myself this great Christian and then doing all these things. And it was like, dude, what? You're such a hypocrite. And I realized that. Um, anyways, though. So let's just pass two years. Two years were a struggle for sure. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, um, my dad started talking to my mom about speaking in tongues because my mom kept watching the Last Reformation videos and she was inspired. She wanted this life, but, you know, we couldn't do it alone. So my dad was like, uh, finally open to speaking in tongues. He's like, you know, okay, give me an appointment with that girl, that woman that prayed for you. And she was like, okay, I will. So he started reading this book uh, called uh, Seven Night something, a lot of reasons to pray in tongues. I think it was like 70 reasons or something like that. And all of a sudden it started opening his eyes because he's a big biblical guy. And I love that. And he wanted to see what does the Bible actually say about this? And I think that was my trouble too. I spoke in tongues, but I don't know what it's for. What was the point? I didn't know at that time. And, uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk about that later in another video. And I also touch on that in the Holy Spirit, um, episode. I keep saying video, but these aren't videos. Um, you guys don't want to see me right now. I literally just got out of bed. <laughs> um, but anyways, so he starts reading this book and starts praying and God, I want tongues, I want tongues. And all of a sudden in his car, he receives the Holy Spirit and he starts speaking in tongues. It was insane. So now all of a sudden I'm hearing this back at home stuff's going on and I'm about to go into my senior year. And uh, a friend of ours reaches out to my mom and says, Hey, you know, Oh, Oh, I, I left out a part, but uh, right at the end of my junior year, we actually went to another kickstart. They were doing one in the U.S., the last reformation in uh, Folsom, California. And it, we drove up there in the middle of the night and we went and we were all very reserved because I think we all saw a lot of things and we all knew God is calling us beyond our comfort zone. But, you know, we were we were partying on the weekends with our friends. We were talking bad about people. Uh, my parents were drinking. I was cussing. We were all living in our, our own sin, you know, and... Um, breaking away from that was easier said than done. But I think we all started to feel the pull. So anyways, my dad starts being in tongues a few months later. And all of a sudden, things are happening. And our friend reaches out, hey, the last reformation is sending people out to do kickstarts in homes. We should reach out and have a kickstart at, at your house, our house. So we're like, okay. So we reach out and guess who they send? They send John, the guy I met in Canada who lives in Idaho. So crazy. You know, it's funny when I met him, I remember thinking, man, I just, I feel like I'm going to see him again. Like he felt like my grandpa because I, I don't have a grandpa anymore. Um, and it was crazy. So him and his wife end up in my house and that is when everything changed. And I'm sure my dad won't mind sharing, but, uh, when he received the Holy Spirit, as I said in the Holy Spirit video, he was able to give up drinking 100% right away. He gave that up. I, I repented and I said, I'm never listening to that rap music again. I repent of my speeding. I repent of cursing, pornography, masturbation, all these things because pornography had kind of come back up in college. I think because as, as I was getting farther away from God, the devil was 
tempting me and and uh yeah it just it reared its ugly head again so it was awesome and that was the day this was in september two years ago so it's almost been two years this september um that was the day we all decided our life is changing people were baptized at our house we cast out demons at our house we went on the street and praying for people and we're like we can't go back we gave up everything we we tried to tell our friends a lot of them didn't accept it but we turned our life around and we said we're gonna live for christ and that is began these two years of discipling people and baptizing people and learning so much about God, more than we ever learned being in the pews. We left our church two weeks later after that because God had confirmed it to us that we should. And um, man, life has been crazy. And I wish we had more time to just talk about those experiences. But to keep it my personal testimony, um, God freed me from a lot of those things. Now, for instance, like cussing, uh, when I repented of it, obviously, it had been a habit and I do believe that God can supernaturally just remove the habit. But for me, it lasted a little longer and I kept having to catch myself. But I think two or three months after I was pretty much free and I never really cursed anymore. Um, and I can say today, man, I haven't cursed in a while. Um, and you know, obviously we all struggle. Let's say I drop something on my toe. What's the first thing that comes to your mouth. Unfortunately, it's a bad word, but I don't, curse anymore when I, when I, I don't, what's the word? I don't choose to curse anymore. I knew those words were coming out before I even were going to say them. And I let them come out and I accepted that. I don't do that anymore. And, uh, you know, we all slip once in a while here and there, but rarely ever do I even slip. And I'm so thankful to God because I felt so dirty and he just freed me from that completely. He freed me from my music and um, he's been continually helping me. What music can I listen to? And it's been hard and it's sacrifice. I loved that music, not for the words, but I loved the beats and all these things. And God called me away from that. And I went away and man, do I feel so much better. So I encourage you, if that's you, you can do it. Um, and the speeding, I quit speeding. Um, not that we have to be these perfect law abiders because we don't want to be too law and not focused on just God. But also, we are to follow the law. The law is written on our hearts now, the way of the Holy Spirit. So a few tools that I use, cruise control, right? So I don't have to worry about it. My, Your foot always wants to go faster. Cruise control just allowed me to go the speed limit. And guess what? I get everywhere the same amount of time. Um, it's caused, it's cured so much anxiety in me. I had driving anxiety. I was like, I was always in a hurry. Cured that for me 100%. Um, I'm safer. I don't have to worry about getting in a wreck and I don't have to look for cops anymore. It's a win, win, win on every single, uh, scenario. And man, it, it was, it's awesome. But one thing that is the continuation of my testimony is the pornography and masturbation. So I repented of it and I said, God, I don't want this anymore. I want to turn my life away and I want to start, you know, making disciples of all nations. I want to give up everything, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I realized that there was something demonic holding me with the pornography thing because after 30 days of trying to give it up, I knew that I wasn't free and I fell back into it again. And for about a year after this awakening, I struggled with it and no one knew. I had confessed in the past to my parents that I had struggled with this and that, but no one knew that this was continuing because I felt so much shame. Why? Because we had a ministry now and I felt like I was a bad example. I was still struggling, but we had a ministry and I was still struggling. And man, it was, 
it was so shame. It felt so, I felt so much shame. And if that's you, please email us at jesusisoffensive at gmail.com. It's just me who's answering the emails. And I would love to be there for you because, well, I'll get to that. Um, but anyways, it started a long journey. And luckily I had my brother, Nick, who um, was an accountability partner for me in my last year of college. And man, I was trying to get free, but I just could not get free. And I even went 70 days once and um, I knew in my heart, I'm not free. I didn't feel free and I fell again and it sucked. And I remember I finally was moved um, home and I was crying. I would cry because I felt so much shame and it wasn't even like it was happening that much. It was probably once every like 20 days or 30 days, but that was almost worse because I was trying to get free and I thought, oh, I'm almost there. And then back to it. And I felt so much shame and, and I felt dirty. And I, like I said, I cried so much and I feel great sharing this now because I want to help people and I don't feel shame because I'm free of it. And now my soul knows that I'm free and man, praise God for that. Um, but I know that this is something that 90% of males struggle with. Don't feel shame. Yes, it's terrible, but don't feel shame because there is freedom in Christ and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And I remember just crying out to Jesus, set me free, set me free, set me free. And it wasn't happening. And finally, I remember one night after falling again, I said, God, I will do anything. Just tell me what I need to do to be free and I will do it. You want me to fast for 40 days? I will do it. Because I think at this point, I realized that it was demonic. But my problem is, and this is another thing that I'm still working on, I had so much pride of just who I was as a Christian and all these things and knowing the truth. And it's easy for pride to come in that I wasn't going to let anyone pray for me to cast out a demon of of pornography or lust because that, that would make me, that would ruin my credibility and all this stuff. And now I know that that's not true. And man, that's so sickening that the devil gets us in these thought patterns. Um, even someone who had been born again and, and was living this life for Christ. It's sickening. Um, but anyways, I, I, I knew the Bible and I knew it said that, um, you know, uh, some can only come, some demons can only come out with prayer and fasting. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to fast. You tell me how long and I will fast that long. Just please free me. Right. And so I remember him just saying to me one night, just fast until I tell you to stop. And I was like, okay, done. Because my heart was so for being free from this thing. I wanted it so bad, but I knew it was demonic because even though I wanted it, I couldn't stop it. So I fasted and I ended up fasting for 12 days. And, um, I knew that I thought I was going to have to fast for 40 days to be honest, but God told me 12, uh, when I was on my like eighth day and I was like, okay. I was like, are you sure I will do 40? Are you sure? He's like 12. I was like, okay. And, um, thank goodness. My sister actually got a vision. They had, my family had no idea what was going on, but she got like a lemon or something like that. And it signified being clean or something. I forget exactly, but I knew exactly what that meant. This was like on the ninth day that God had set me free from it. And man, during this uh, fast, I was getting attacked in my sleep, in my dreams by demonic things and, and all that stuff. And I was getting so hard attacked and I kept feeling like I'm not going to be free. I'm not going to be free. I, I've tried this before. Nothing's going to happen. But I kept, what did I keep doing? I kept saying scripture to myself, who the son sets free is free indeed. And that I'm healed by his stripes, that he did the work, that I'm healed by those stripes. 
And I had to repeat that to myself every day, every night. I had to pray against the spirit of lust every day, every night. Pray against the spirit of masturbation every day, every night. And it was one of the hardest things that I've done, but it was so worth it. And you know what's funny? After those 12 days, I could feel in my soul, Taylor, you're free. And maybe some of you don't understand what that feels like, but if you feel bound to something, you understand what feeling bound feels like. And I felt the opposite of that. All of a sudden I felt it's not controlling me anymore. And I knew that whatever that demon that had been controlling me to do that in the past, it was gone. Now, you know, you're asking, how did, how would, how would you have a demon or whatnot? But when you open a door, you allow those things to come in. And it's even hard for me to think, huh, I maybe had a spirit inside of me, but I was continually in my sin. I mean, eventually I gave them permission to come in and, and, and use me because I was doing it and I was doing it consciously. I was choosing to do it. But man, God set me free from that. And I've been free ever since. And it's been amazing. And uh, it's almost been a year. And it was incredible. I, I really couldn't believe it. I mean, I believed it, but I was like, this is insane. So I want to let you guys know out there who are guys who are struggling with this. You can be set free. Don't feel shame. Let go of your pride and ask for prayer. Or go on a fast. Ask God what you need, how long you need to fast. I'm telling you, it works. If you really want to be set free, you will do it. And if you don't, you won't. And I don't say that con to condemn you because I know for a long time I said I wanted to, but I really didn't. And it took my own timing. Um, but wow, yeah, God set me free. And ever since then, I've been on fire for him. And I felt like there's nothing holding me back. I think I always struggled to share my testimony because I knew I was struggling with this one thing. Um, but now that I'm free of it, and I know there's still things I struggle with like pride and all these things, but they're not things that I'm consciously doing. Pornography and masturbation were the last conscious thing in my mind that every day I was, I was doing it. I was choosing to do it. I was choosing in rebellion to go against God. When I, um, when you trip in a race, you don't mean to trip, right? So when I stumble in life, that's not on purpose, right? If I drop something on my foot and I accidentally say a bad word, I didn't purposefully say, I'm going to just curse because I want to. No, that was accidental, right? And that's that's a different type of sin. God loves to forgive that. And he'll forgive any sin when you repent. But what is repentance? It's turning away. So you can't say, God, I repent, I repent, I repent. And then you do it the next day because you didn't turn away. You just said, I'm sorry, basically. And you're not really sorry. Repentance is turning away. Does that mean you won't trip? You might but it's turning away. And once I let go, once that demon left me, I've not even had the temptation, maybe like once or twice to look. And I have had so much power over. In the past, that temptation would have taken me down a deep winding hole very quickly. But now I had the power to just be like, nope, in the name of Jesus, that temptation, you have to go right now in the name of Jesus. Boom, it was gone. And I have not struggled with that. So guys, my story is one of saying that there is freedom and, and that, you can be free of, of pornography, for instance. And if you feel like, sorry, let me get a little drink of water. If you feel like you're one of those kids that, you know, I'm a good kid. I don't do this and I don't do this. Challenge yourself because you know, and I know that there's still sin living in you. We are called to be holy, righteous, and God has given us the power. Jesus gave us the keys to do that. But we have to choose it on our own. So that's kind of my testimony. At the end of that, obviously, 
we started this ministry and God had told our family unity. We need to be unified. We have to be a team. I can't go out and do my own thing. My dad can't go out and do his own preaching. My mom can't do her own preaching. No, we need to be of one mind. And what have we seen? We've seen tremendous fruit out of that. Not by our glory, but God told us to be unified. Why? Because he saw this is the best way I can make my troops work for me. Unified. So I'm not ashamed that I'm close to my parents, that I live in my own house still, because we have a ministry for Christ, and Christ has called me to be close to my parents. And one day, yes, I will be married, and and I will um, leave and cleave to my wife, or you know, you cleave to your husband, or whatever, as it says in the Bible. But for now, God has me here. He has called me to unity with my family, to preach the gospel of repentance to people. The gospel of baptism, the gospel of the Holy Spirit. That is all that matters, you guys. So I encourage you, if you're struggling, reach out fast. Get someone to pray for you. And with authority, not just, oh God, you know, help this person. Because I'll tell you what, I was always held back in my ministry. I know why now that four years ago, why when God was calling me, take 10 steps. And I was like, no, I don't want to. It's my sin that was holding me back. Once I got rid of my sin, Nothing's holding me back. I'll post anything on Instagram. I don't care if if someone doesn't like the message that I want to post because I don't have fear anymore. I don't have sin. There's not, I always had this thought in my mind that, oh, if I say this, someone's going to call me out and be like, yeah, but you do this. And yeah, I'm sure they can still do that to some effect, but they can't say, oh, but you're, you're cursing. You do this and you do this because no, I'm a good example now. And I know many people say, oh, but it's just a word, blah, blah, blah. But no, you're called to be an example. You're called to be put, you're called to put on Christ wherever you go. Why would anyone want to follow Jesus when you tell them to, if you're nothing different than they are, if you're not free? And I am so saddened because I see so many people in the church are not free. They struggle with pornography and they've been struggling for 30 years and they're still not free of it because no one has told them the truth that Jesus has the power to set someone free from any sin, any sin. I'm a testament to that. I was set free because I gave my will over to him. So I know this testimony has been all over the place and I'm sure there's more I could share and there's probably stuff I'm forgetting, but if there's nothing else that you don't get from this, you can be set free. And if you're not, you're being held back from your calling from Christ. And God called us to be righteous and holy repentance. He called us to repentance. So for you, those of you who are saying, but God never said we had to be perfect. You're right. But he called us to repent. And that means turn away. So if you're not turning away from your sin, you're not living in repentance. And repentance is the first step of salvation. Repentance is something you just do once. It's something you live out. You turn 180. You're going one direction left. You turn and you go right. And you never look back. If you're not living in repentance, if you're living in your sin, You are not living for Christ and you are not living on your way to salvation. That is the key, you guys. But there is freedom. There's freedom for you. Please take what I've said to heart. Renew your mind. Ask God what you should do if you should fast. Give up your will. Remember, just because he didn't take away pornography from me, he did take away cussing. He did take away the music. He did take away my want to speed. Why? Because I gave it up to him and I said, God, I repent. I'm giving it up to you. I don't want to do this anymore. And he did that. 
So I know that's a lot of information, you guys, and I feel like, man, I'm always hitting you guys with that heavy stuff on this uh, podcast, but I really love you guys. I really do, and I have such a heart for you guys, and I want people to know the truth, the truth that I have experienced. And you know what Jesus says? The truth will set you free, and it surely did. If you're not free, you don't have the truth. That's the key. It's not getting a big argument of, well, the church is good, well, the church is bad. doesn't matter. I'll tell you what, I was in the church and I was not free. Once I got out of the church, I experienced truth and then I experienced freedom. They go hand in hand. So please take what I'm saying to heart, you guys. Um, Just to crank out of that serious mode. Again, I love you guys and um, I'm praying for this podcast. I'm praying for you guys that you will be touched. And uh, yeah, God, I just want to say thank you, Lord God, for just leading this podcast again and again and for sharing your testimony. This is your testimony about how you set a captive free. I thank you, Lord, for that. And I thank you just for the people who are listening right now. Work on their hearts, Lord God. And I just want to encourage you who are listening. Cry out to God for more. If you feel safe, you're in the wrong scenario. You cannot feel safe in Christ. He's calling you to more. And man, I wish I could share more, but I, I there's some things that shouldn't be shared right now because some of you are not ready to hear it and it wouldn't be good. But all I want to say is we've been learning in our house that there's more and I'm being challenged in my intimacy with Christ. There's more to this relationship than to God. There's so much more. Don't put him in a box. Step out. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out. And the first thing you got to do is look in the mirror and get yourself right. Remember I read in James, the foolish man looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. If you look in the mirror and you see that you have sin and you have issues in your life that you have not settled with God, don't be the fool and walk away and forget about those things. Step into those things and say, I got to get this right. I got to fix these things. If you're so confused on how to do these things, the reason I didn't do my testimony until now is because I wanted to lay out episodes to guide you through the truth of the gospel. Please go back and listen to the first five episodes. Every one of them includes so much truth that you need to know to be set free and to know the true gospel and the truth. Yeah, sorry guys, I'm so passionate about this. But um, yeah, I, I just pray that you've, you're blessed by this and um, that God is gonna do a mighty work in all of you guys. You guys just need to let go and lean into him. He's awakening America right now. Are you going to be a part of it or are you going to sit by the wayside and watch it happen? There's a great divide coming right now in the name of Jesus. Where are you going to stand? Have a good day, you guys, and I'll talk to you guys next Friday.